When tax time comes around, are you being reactive or proactive? Do you find yourself swimming in a sea of questions? Like, is it better to do my tax return cheaply? How do I know if I'm doing them the right way? Welcome to the Tax Answers Advisor with Marcelino Dodge. Today, we'll answer these questions and many more. Sharpen your pencils and take some notes. Now, here is your host, Marcelino Dodge. Hello and hello. Welcome to the Tax Answers Advisor. I am Marcelino Dodge. Can't believe I'm already up to show number 20 and we're building. It's just a beautiful ride here. We thank you all for listening to this podcast. And I thank especially our listeners throughout the world, not just here, of course, in the U.S., but in Ireland and Colombia and other countries. It's always nice to know we're getting out and many are taking advantage of this valuable information. You can always contact me directly at www.cashtracksfinancial.com. Also, my email, success at cashtracksfinancial.com. You can call me. It's 844-394-4287. You can even visit me on Facebook at facebook.com slash cashtracks. Yes, there's a lot going on with technology and taxes And is the tax professional you're using up to date, especially true in this uh, pandemic environment where a lot of are working remotely or desiring to have work done remotely? Is your tax professional up to the challenge? We're going to discuss that a little bit more and a little bit of history of taxes as well in the United States. Going to put out this warning again for everyone because it is just so important because the IRS feels it's important and I just know it's vital in my experiences of doing taxes is that of the ghost preparer. Yes, the preparer who is unethical, who does not sign tax returns, usually charges a 25, 50 or 100 bucks for a return that they do on do-it-yourself software. These individuals, uh, because they do it cheaply, they do not have a PTIN number, which is a requirement. That's a preparer tax identification number that is required for anyone who is paid to prepare a tax return. These individuals often require some type of payment in cash, and they don't give you any type of receipt. They will also invent income for those to whom they do a tax return for to help them to qualify for credits. They'll even say things that you can claim like, for example, your rent or your electrical or your gas, that you can claim all of these as deductions on your tax return if you don't have a business and all these other things they'll give so that you can get some specific credits for these. And these are just fake deductions that they use to just try to make some quick money. And the only one that gets left holding the bag is you, the taxpayer. Because when the IRS comes calling, these individuals, because they didn't sign the tax return, essentially they get off scot-free. But you as a taxpayer is the one whose name is on the return and who electronically uh, signs it, so to speak. You're the one that is on the hook. And the other problem with these type of repairs is that because they usually do it on do-it-yourself software, is that you don't always get a printed copy and you don't even always have access to the account that they created with the do-it-yourself company to do the tax return. So it's just not a good idea. Now, the other challenge that often happens with these, which is just really sad, is that a refund that is issued can be directed to the ghost preparer's account and not your account. And that 
is a very scary situation. So you could definitely be very, uh, very bad, very bad for you. So avoid these type of preparers. Or anybody says, oh, I can do that for a better cost or I can do that for you. Uh, no, it doesn't work. Or even if they say they're not going to charge it, but they can do it for you. They're still relying on the software because they don't really know how to put it in. And people always end up getting less than they would get otherwise going to a professional like myself who really looks over things carefully, makes sure that the law is being followed. Another thought putting out there is that the IRS today or in the last couple of days has put out the information that all of the legally permitted economic impact payments have been made based on the 2019 and 2018 tax returns. Those who uh, did not receive one but still may qualify they need to file their tax return for the recovery rebate credit, which most of that most people received that in advance, but there could be a few out there, and we've had actually a couple in this office already this year who qualify for this uh, credit and, and are going to get it. At least we're putting it on the tax return and they should receive it, so it's going to be fascinating to see how these come out. But So that's out there, so you should have received your impact economic impact payment or your stimulus payment as it is also called and some may still be waiting but they've uh, they've been put out they made the checks literally could still be in the mail for some another reminder is that if you're participating in the gig economy through one of these sharing services i did a show on this a few weeks ago you must report that income it's still income and you uh, could be liable, why well, you would be liable for not reporting that. So keep that in mind. Now, here's a question I always like to put out there because I just found the most current figures for these. Is that if someone ever tells you that the rich do not pay their fair share of taxes, well, for 2018, no, consider this. 1% of the taxpayers in this country, the top 1%, of earners, of those who make money in this country, paid 40% of the income taxes that were collected. 40%. So that top 1% pays a good percentage of the taxes. Now, the top 10% of wage earners in this country who have income paid 71% of the taxes into for 2018. So what this point of this is, if that one, someone ever says, well, the rich don't pay their fair share of taxes, well, according to the IRS, the rich pay a high percentage of the income taxes that are due and that are collected. So I just leave it out there. Is that fair? You decide. Now, as we take a look at today's topic about technology and your tax preparer. We think about it through history. Uh, the U.S. government has used technology of various uh, means to <coughs> to collect taxes, especially as taxation was the seed of the Revolutionary War, which led to severing ties with England back in 1776, taxation without representation. Now, of course, through history, what we appreciate is the fact that the Department of Treasury was first established with Alexander Hamilton as the first Treasury Secretary in 1789, and that started this journey of a variety type of taxation 
in the United States. Now, it wasn't until 1862 when a permanent internal tax system was established for the United States. And that was, at the time, designed to fund the Civil War that the United States was in a, that was just real bloody and everything. But anyway, that helped establish a permanent type of internal tax system within the United States. And up to that time, apparently there was some really nefarious things going on after that because in 1870, it came out that, wow, there needs to be more privacy with personal information because must have been some uh, publishing of personal tax records or something going on because they finally uh, made it uh, illegal and so that those who are collecting taxes or those within the tax division there could not be publishing that information. So started the initial privacy, which, of course, we still have that very strong privacy protection up to today within the tax system, which is really good for you as a taxpayer to have that. Now, the federal income tax uh, was established in 1913 with the 16th Amendment to the Constitution. Now, this is... uh, Sometimes debated by individuals who try to say, well, the 16th Amendment wasn't really ratified because this state didn't, whatever didn't happen in, I think the state of Ohio is what they're talking about, as an excuse not to pay federal income tax or an excuse that uh, income taxes aren't legal. Well, whatever reason or excuse they use it, it's fact uh, that uh, income taxes are a part of the U.S. Constitution and the U.S. government is allowed to have them and allowed to charge people a tax on their income. Then in 1914 came out the first form 1040. And it's interesting because I got a copy of this form in my office. I uh, got a few years ago and I first found it. And it's it's a little, it's, it's a lot different than our 1040 form today, but it's interesting that it, uh, it still was complicated even back in 1914 at least I think it is when I look at it it's like just has these uh, different charts on it and just way that it calculates stuff it's like are you serious well it's interesting because they had a time period at that time when they were doing taxes uh, where you needed to actually submit your tax return you don't miss your payment you need to pay your tax return by June 1st submit your tax return and then make a payment by June 30th back at that time. It's just interesting how that develops. And the form number 1040 just happened to come out because when they came, when they got to the numbers, you do this uh, like search on the IRS website, some of the his- history of it. The form 1040 number is just kind of like it was the next number of the forms they were working on. So, okay, so this is going to end basically. It's been adopted. It's been form 1040 ever since. So uh, this is always one of my favorite uh, facts about tax history and we're looking at this technology is that in 1931 the infamous uh, gangster Al Capone indicted on tax evasion they couldn't get him for the other crimes but they got him for tax evasion and he had to pay uh, 215,000 in back taxes that he owed plus he spent some jail time as well as interest and penalties so lesson even if you're a criminal, pay your federal income tax because if they don't get you for anything else, they'll get you for not paying your taxes because all income is taxable, even if it's generated in an illegal manner.
So just keep that in mind. Now, the revenue service was uh, started collecting payroll and withholding taxes. That was signed into law in 1935. So, of course, that leads up to our current uh, Social Security, Medicare withholding that's on our uh, it's on all of the payroll checks nowadays and also part of uh, self-employment tax that also paid by many self-employed people today, which many of us still kind of get a little bit uh, irate when we have that held out of our checks. I know when I first went into uh, work, uh, I got my first payroll check back in back in the 80s. That, yeah, I was like, what is this? Anyway, but yeah, our favorite thing, seeing our withholding on there. Now, interesting The Bureau of Internal Revenue, that's what it was called back at the time, started using technology such as electric typewriters, continuous forms, and other forms, and other technology as early as 1949. And so the importance of your tax preparer being keeping current with technology is because the IRS, through through years, through years, the Revenue Service has use technology for various means and continues to upgrade. So it's important that us as tax preparers keep up as well. Then in 1950, they started using computers as early as 1950 in their tabulation, in their calculation, and how they were just processing everything as early as 1950. I did not know that, but it's fascinating to see that how soon and how early uh, the U.S. government was doing this. And then there was a major reorganization in 1953. Now, with this reorganization, the IRS, or the Internal Revenue Service, as we know it today, that's when it came into full force and was born. And then, it's as we look at this and think about how the IRS has progressed over the years, once again, as early as 1962, in January, they, add, they added automated data processing in full, which sped up the processing of tax returns even more. I mean, sometimes you think back to the 50s and the 60s and how maybe stuff was not as processed as fast, but boy, the, go- the federal government was on top of that. The IRS came in, started using all this data. That's how they were able to do some of the things they do is that they, they utilize technology. And so it's a it's so important for us as tax preparers and those tax professionals working with the ones that we keep up with it too. And then here's an interesting thing, remittance processing, which that has to do, that deals with uh, processing of mail and so on. 1978, they started processing 22,000 pieces of mail in an hour through the process that they were doing. Just phenomenal, 98% accuracy with that. And what we learned, this little history, and I, this is just some of the highlights I hit, I'm hitting of the history here with, uh, with the IRS and the taxes. It's just important to know that they've utilized technology and they've continually upgraded to be more efficient as an organization than to be able to basically do what they do, collect taxes. And so with that, eventually, electronic filing started in 1991. I remember mailing in my tax return still in 1991, but I do remember also the initial part. This is a little bit before I actually started in going into the tax business, but yet that's when electronic filing started, and it was so new and so, at, at that time, is that there was 
certain advertising restrictions that uh, the IRS had on electronic filing for the first few years that they had it, that you couldn't say certain things. I was just kind of getting getting some basic knowledge, just kind of learning, getting some training in doing taxes at the time, learning about electronic filing and so on. But the regulations they had at that time just, whew, you could not, you could almost could not say you're filing returns electronically. I guess it, it anyway, but that, that obviously changed about 10 years later. And now they want everybody doing electronic filing, which is pretty much the way 90% of returns are done is through electronic filing now. Then, of course, as we come up to today, we look at irs.gov. There's various online tools uh, that assist both taxpayers and tax professionals uh, to be able to access tax accounts, to be able to look up certain information like W-2s or 1099s that you have, look at your tax account, see how much you owe. Also, as you go through this, we can file like power of attorney that's available now so that I, as a representative, your representative can go in and look at your information through this power of attorney. And then, of course, one of the biggest things that they have now that you can go on to irs.gov and do is sign up for your IP PIN which basically is a PIN number that is used to file your tax return that is required to have, which is actually going to be very handy. And I love it for my clients because I have a lot of problems with clients who have uh, children who are claimed on another tax return that they're not eligible to be claimed on another tax return. This is going to be big. At least I'm going to encourage it among my clients is that go in to irs.gov, get this IP PIN at least for your children, so that it will keep others from claiming them on a tax return. Because if you have that six-digit PIN number, anybody else that tries to claim your child will not be able to do it. That is an excellent part of being able to have this and to utilize the technology tools that the IRS has available, like this one through irs.gov. Now, I certainly appreciate this a little bit of history, how the IRS has uh, used technology and continues to improve technology to improve the taxpayer experience. I mean, how they've utilized through through the years and done what they can. And then, of course, they added in the phone service, 800 phone service, which did really good for a while, but then it's been very challenging, especially in the last year because of COVID. But that does work sometimes too. What we're going to do is we're going to take a little break now after this little history and then take a look at uh, my own journey with uh, tax preparation and the use of uh, technology here. So we're going to talk to you again in a couple minutes. I am Marcelino Dodge on the Tax Answers Advisor on the Voice America Business Channel. Follow us on Twitter at Voice America TRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's Voice America TRN. Are you wanting to grow wealth faster, save time, and build a nest egg? Hire a tax pro who makes you money and does more than just file your tax return. Marcelino Dodge at Cash Tracks Financial identifies your key numbers, works year-round to improve your numbers, keeps you compliant, and helps you achieve goals faster. Call Marcelino Dodge today, 719-336-8739 to schedule your free tax strategy review. Call 336-8739 or visit CashTracksFinancial.com. Many people want to build wealth or grow their business faster. 
but do not know what specific numbers to look at that actually help build monthly cash flow. Hire a tax pro who makes you money and does more than just file your tax return. Marcelino Dodge at Cash Tracks Financial identifies your key numbers, works year-around to improve your numbers, keeps you compliant, and helps you achieve goals faster. Schedule your free tax strategy review by calling 719-336-8739 or visit CashTracksFinancial.com. Voice America programs are now available on your favorite connected device, including Amazon, Alexa, and Google Home. Through streams with Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, and iHeartRadio, listening to your favorite show is as easy as saying the show name followed by the word podcast. Hey, Alexa, play Finding Your Frequency podcast. If that doesn't work, try adding on TuneIn or on iHeartRadio or on Apple Podcasts. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. This is the Tax Answers Advisor with host Marcelino Dodge. To reach our program today, please call in. The number is 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to success at cashtracksfinancial.com. Now, back to the Tax Answers Advisor. Welcome back to the Tax Answers Advisor. This is uh, your host, Marcelino Dodge. I certainly appreciate you listening to today's program as going to take a little technology journey with me today because it's important that your tax professional uses technology wisely because the IRS uses technology tools to uh, learn about you, to uh, use collection efforts, and so on. So it's good that we consider this as a tax professional as seeing, making sure that we are ready to do things for you in a very professional and very technical manner. In just my own time, I've been doing taxes of 20 uh, plus years. I've worked with it. First time I uh, was working with taxes was on a DOS computer using a dot matrix printer with the continuous forms through it. The first time uh, I was working with the tax returns and doing that. And I look back and I think about, boy, that was sure interesting, but it was effective for the time to put out that information and to be able to uh, do it. Now, one thing that's always been consistent is the calculations within using tax software. And that's one of the, been one of the great parts about it. Now, I do uh, have in this business, the time I've been in it, I've always had a computer of some sort that I've used. Now, I do know of those who have been in this business 30, 40 years doing tax returns and some who were retired, who still used uh, uh, adding machines in various forms. They would, one one individual who I was a good friend with who had done taxes, I guess, many years back, uh, said they would actually travel to individuals' homes, like with their adding machine and their forms or whatever, and they'd go in and add up everything in the person's home and fill out the form there and then sign it and then the person would submit it in from there. That was real interesting as well as you think about back at those times in the 50s, well, 60s, 70s, 80s and into the 90s a little bit I think is how some would really go down and 
maybe get those forms. Remember, there was a time, not so much in the near past, but there was a time when you'd get that uh, like book from the IRS, that 1040 booklet, that big, that thick booklet or whatever it was. It had your tax forms, had what you needed in it to be able to file your taxes. That was, that was of course, before the electronic filing era. And you'd, you'd go in, you'd fill those out. Sometimes you'd fill them out by hand. Uh, I know individuals who would go in, they'd fill it out initially. And you had to be very careful on these forms because errors are, were extremely possible. And that was one of the big issues that people ran into is that they perhaps have a name misspelled or they'd have a social security number off. And then, of course, the calculation errors when manually filling out those forms. So it's been a while since I've done one manually, but I'm always looking at the forms coming off of my printer. Just to be very carefully. And so even today, you can still order forms from the IRS if you want. Or I know like in my town here, you can go down to the library or the city complex and they have some of the forms there, some of the booklets that you can get there, but the IRS doesn't automatically send them out because very few people actually use those. Now, I do know some people I occasionally run into that I will say are, are, like, are like computer phobic. They just don't want any of their information on a computer or anywhere, so they're, that's fine. But when you send it to the IRS, it's going to end up on a computer, the IRS's computer at least. So now we do uh, – I did a few of them initially when I started – uh, by hand, uh, used a calculator to do it, which is really nice when I did uh, my initial training. That's uh, how I how I did it. Uh, did some cal- manual calculations, looked up on the charts, uh, which is really, really good way to learn, to learn the process, to understand what the computers are doing. And if I could train someone do, to do it that way initially, I would, I would really try to. But man, lifetime just gets away to be able to do that. So and then, of course, at that time, you use a calculator to add it up, double-check, triple-check your calculations, and then put the stamp on it. Well, hopefully just one stamp, depending on what you're mailing, because as we know, a stamp only covers uh, one ounce. And so uh, depending what you're having to mail in or how many forms you were having to mail in at the time, you may have had to go down to the post office and, and have them weigh that to make sure you had the right postage, because last thing you want is your tax return to arrive at the IRS, postage due. So... Good thing to keep in mind, which is another reason why electronic filing is such a wonderful, wonderful area. Now, I remember when I started off, of course, I've always used a computer in the time I've been doing it. Taxes always use some type of professional rated software, not a do-it-yourself software uh, that many ghost preparers used. It's, it's just not good. And then with this quality professional software, usually as I've been working with it, it's always included some type of electronic filing. And it's interesting is that back in the early days, this is the early 2000s, 2000, say between 2000 and 2005, it was interesting because the software companies were working very hard at getting everything compliant and most of them do a very good job of it. But what happens sometimes is that just due to variations between states is that for some reason the software company would not always have a state ready when the federal was ready. And then it happened to me a few times here in Colorado, the software company I was working for whatever reason, they, they had the federal e-filing all done, but for some reason the state of Colorado wasn't done. And it's just, I don't know if it's exactly something between their programming and the state or what it was, 
But actually, those problems haven't existed for many years. They've uh, managed to get all of the e-filing pretty much down to a real science, I will say, in connection between what the software company is doing and what the state is doing in Colorado and then other states too because I file I filed other states like California and New York and Kansas that I've done tax returns and submitted them and and to date not really had any difficulties with these states anymore it seems like most of those problems and issues have been ironed out which is which is very nice makes it good on the client makes it easy on me but even makes it better for the client I remember too, it's interesting, we started, I was using one, I will just say, and we don't see so many of them today, but we see, see them in certain pictures, the big, heavy monitor that was basically like one of the old television sets there, that's what your monitors look like, and had a slow laser printer, because after I got started in this business, it was real fun, looking at this, I was looking, man, alive, look at all this ink I could possibly be using, it's like, so I, I moved away from inkjet as quick as I could, and got a a laser printer it was slow, but man, alive! It just saved tons of money on on toner. And initially, when I got started back in there, I was we had the internet going, of course, and transmitting to our software provider through the internet. And that's pretty much all I used the internet for at the time. Begin initially getting started because a lot of the tools that are available today just just weren't there in the early two thousands, two thousand up. To around 2005, 2010, but particularly some of the other stuff. And then, boy, paper it wasn't paper for those anybody that's been in this business. The paper costs. Oh, I used to go through two to three boxes of paper, ten uh, ten reams in a box each tax season because you'd print a client copy of the tax return, and then you printed a file copy to put in your file cabinets uh, with metal file cabinets that I actually still have today. And then, of course, uh, after certain things, you 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 then ran a copy of, of certain uh, other things that you had a client signed, but then you needed to make sure you kept a copy of. And then, in some cases, you even copied W-2s as well because you'd give your W-2s back to the client, but then you would also keep a copy of the W-2 in your file because, inevitably, the client would be coming back going, can I get a copy of my W-2? So, anyway, yeah, we always kept copies of those on file. And, of course, my big filing cabinets, four-drawer filing cabinets, which are still around today. I actually still have the same ones I had back in 2003 and four. Uh, just kind of repurposed, but we're still using them. And the boxes, as I mentioned here, have been really cut down. And I'm going to explain that in just a little bit about how I adjusted that use of paper, which is also environmentally friendly. Now, during this whole course of doing the technology, I also use technology and Internet which I'm going to talk about this more in a future show, about uh, taking the test and then passing the test for the enrolled agent designation with the IRS. I'm going to explain that about being an EA more in a, in a later show, but technology helped me doing with that. And then as I progressed into this business a little bit more and more and continually looking at technology, making adjustments, and trying to serve clients even better, give a better level of service. Kept using tech, looking at the technology and the tools that are available. And just kept moving forward. Because I'm a person, as I work with individuals, 
like uh, any who contact me as a result of this program, my goal is to always provide fantastic customer service because doing uh, tax returns and work with individuals on this level like I am doing is actually my, I'd say probably like the third thing I finally settled into after I finished college uh, because, I don't know, you say it took me a while to find myself, but but I've always had the thought of of providing good customer service as a tax professional. That's the one thing I do get a lot of comments on. We really appreciate how you explain things. We really appreciate how you help us. We really just appreciate many of the way that you conduct business because you're not just throwing the information at us or you're not just throwing a tax return at us, but you're explaining it to us. You're giving us the, the how-tos, the where can we do better. And so that's just how I've always thought about it technology-wise in the business is to move forward give the best service and part of that was initially when I was using computers I've always had a desktop of some sort computer that we're using still using one today actually as well in the business is first initially started networking used to move information between computers uh, using an old uh, three and a half inch drive three and a half inch disc if anybody remembers those Using those, I would take a return because we had the software on more than one computer, but I wasn't quite networked yet. Well, we took that little disk and moved it from one computer, copied on this one, moved it over this one so we could put the return in so we can transmit because we only transmitted off of one computer. Then finally, I got me a router one year and started running this nice little Cat5 cable uh, between the computers. And it's that's just made a world of difference too, having everything connected to one system using one computer primarily as the transmitting computer and it just has done wonders helps to really be more efficient uh, helps things get out faster and helps ones to be able to do even more uh, and do it better now we consider too as i mentioned one of the areas where i really started looking at where can i save some money and be efficient and be environmentally friendly is to start using uh, two-sided printing, duplex printing with with my tax returns. And I've been doing this for several years because I every so many years I'll update my printer because the first printer I bought many years ago, uh, in fact, my first color pr- laser printer I bought was, was only a single-sided printer. And it worked good, printed up the copies, worked very well. But I, I just got to a point where I was thinking, as I was looking at a new printer, I was like, Oh, this one prints two sides. It was like a novelty thing to me. So I was like, oh, you know, this would be really be good. And so I ordered my first duplex printer and started printing two sides. And my paper usage just dropped dramatically. Just on going to two-sided printing, which it's interesting that over the last 10 years, and I've been doing two-sided printing for at least 12 years, I think, at this point. On my tax returns that I use for individuals, it still amazes me today how many uh, tax professionals, when I get a, a tax return from a from a prior year or from a new, I'll say from a new client coming in, and I say, okay, I need to see your last two or three years of tax returns. They bring those in, and it still amazes me to this day how many tax professionals only print on one side of the paper. Because there's many of the forms that you can print on two sides. There's worksheets you can put on two sides. There's so much you can do on two-sided that'll save save money that 
that's why I do it. It saves me money on paper and just use much less. And of course, environmentally friendly because you're using less paper. Set up my first website back around 2008, 2009 as well. Initially, it was back at that time. It was interesting because I, it was it was a really a new concept for tax prep people to be using websites. And the tax software I was using at the time actually had a nice little a deal we could use to set up a website. And I said, okay, well, that's good. So I started doing that. And it's interesting because what I found is that in the area that I work in, because I work in a, in a small rural area, is that not very many of the tax professionals are even on board with that or they do something very basic with it. And so it's just been been a ride and having a consistent web presence has been very good for my business. It makes, makes it very easy for ones to find me. We're always uh, at the top in our area when it comes to search engines. And then, of course, 2009 coming into 2010, the social media started coming in, the Facebook and the Twitter Initially, I wasn't going to mess with social media in my business or even per, on a personal matter. But then I got to thinking, well, you know, I'm here. I'm really working to try to stay ahead of the curve and trying to help uh, reach people more. Well, with that, what I've done is I decided back at that time, you know, I'm going to go ahead and get on Facebook. I'm going to go ahead and get Twitter. And it's really nice because when I got onto Facebook and Twitter, I set up my uh, Cash Tracks financial page on Facebook. I got the Facebook.com slash Cash Tracks. I was like, wow, this is great. Same thing with my Twitter handle, at Cash Tracks. That is just, I was like, wow. And I've still had those today, and I'm the one that has them. And we use those, use those very effectively. And you see that with, when I, when my social media pages get a post there or you visit them, it makes it very easy to find them. So it's been very advantageous to take a social media and got a bunch of followers in both uh, Facebook and Twitter, and it's been, been a very good ride there as well. And then one of the biggest changes I made in those years is around 2010, 2011, is that instead of printing out copies for clients, I print out not for clients, I'm sorry, Instead of printing out copies for me to put into a metal file cabinet each year, right around that time period, I discovered a wonderful electronic filing program that I can use. And I, instead of printing out those physical copies, saving paper once again, I started storing those files electronically. And that has been a real blessing because it's made it easy to go and find information that individuals need uh, within their own little file system that I have. So just some adjustments we continue to do through the year. So now we're going to really get into how I'm having to keep up now and how a tax professional really should be keeping up with the free competitors and a lot of stuff going on in the last, especially in the last 10 years and other adjustments. So we're going to come back and discuss that in just a couple minutes here on the Tax Answers Advisor with Marcelino Dodge on the Voice America Business Channel. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Are you wanting to grow wealth faster, save time, and build a nest egg? Hire a tax pro who makes you money and does more than just file your tax return. 
Marcelino Dodge at Cash Tracks Financial identifies your key numbers, works year-round to improve your numbers, keeps you compliant, and helps you achieve goals faster. Call Marcelino Dodge today, 719-336-8739 to schedule your free tax strategy review. Call 336-8739 or visit CashTracksFinancial.com. Many people want to build wealth or grow their business faster but do not know what specific numbers to look at that actually help build monthly cash flow. Hire a tax pro who makes you money and does more than just file your tax return. Marcelino Dodge at Cash Tracks Financial identifies your key numbers, works year-around to improve your numbers, keeps you compliant, and helps you achieve goals faster. Schedule your free tax strategy review by calling 719-336-8739 or visit CashTracksFinancial.com. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. This is the Tax Answers Advisor with host Marcelino Dodge. To reach our program today, please call in. The number is 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to success at cashtracksfinancial.com. Now, back to the Tax Answers Advisor. Welcome back to the Tax Answers Advisor. I am Marcelino Dodge. Really appreciate you listening today about technology and your tax professional. Are they adjusting? Are they keeping up? Yes, it is so important for a tax professional in serving you as a tax client that they keep up with technology, not stay in the past, especially in this area now with the uh, pandemic happening and so many other opportunities we need to keep in mind as tax professionals, that there's a lot of free competitors out there that's just trying to swipe away our business. And with this, it's important, and I have found important, is that with the increased use of the cloud over the last 10 years, I'll admit, I was one of probably many. I was very hesitant at first to make this adjustment to the cloud because it's like I am just so comfortable I know the information is right here on my computer. I know that it's <clears throat> it's safe. I know that it's just that comfort level thing. But yet, what I've come to learn and appreciate as clients and people adjust, many of them need access to their data. And yes, we give them, at least I always give someone a copy of their tax return. I've got a very nice uh, folder I'm using now that is very durable that they, to give them their tax return information and we're all guilty of this at some point of, I need that tax return, but where is it? And thus, of course, they come back to me for it. Or now, I provide even more access to for clients to be able to do that, which is by having more information stored on the cloud. And those options have really, really increased over the years because I've always had some type of 
of client portal for the last 10 years hasn't been widely utilized, but in the last couple years, the use of that portal has just really exploded in my business, and that's why I kind of always stuck with it. I've always had a few that use it, but just demand and changes, and people are getting where they're getting more comfortable in using that, especially uh, those, uh, especially young adults. They need to get access to their data. And sometimes, occasionally, what I'll encounter is a client who is okay with uh, not receiving the physical copy. They're happy with just the electronic copy because as a tax professional, I can uh, provide you with either the electronic copy or the physical copy. Just due to the nature of who I usually conduct business with, I always provide a physical copy. Yet, occasionally, there's some who will just be happy with the electronic copy and that is certainly made available to them through an easy to use web portal. One of the areas too that continues to adjust and change uh, especially in the current circumstances is billing and payments. People are using or looking for touchless payment options, payments to be able to pay online which is actually something I've had available for a while through my website uh, where once I can send them a bill they can come back and pay it directly and we get the notice back, oh, yep, they're paid. That is fabulous. So then we just move forward, uh, which also makes it easy because as we have a secure web portal for individuals to be able to easily contact us, it makes it safe for those who are concerned about the safety uh, because of the circumstances they want to they want to be safe. And that's, we, we, we've done that. We've made those adjustments. Actually, I've been adjusting like this for years, having the, all these options available for individuals, I just didn't anticipate that they would become utilized so quickly. But yet, I've always tried to look forward in being prepared for these items to be able to provide these tax services uh, for individuals. But yet, we always got to keep in mind that how secure is everything? It's only as secure as your employee and so I have to also keep in mind of keeping my employee trained on the importance of of web security. What also we keep in mind is because email itself is not a secure form of uh, transmitting information or sending client documents so or even sending messages for that matter so I keep uh, within the system I'm using now and I think it's it's very important is that clients can't always call but what clients can do is they can, because there's a web app for like the portal that I use, they can send me a secure message through that portal. That way it goes nowhere else. Nobody else sees it. It's within their account and it comes right back to me or my assistant who looks at it and we make the adjustment for them with that, which makes it very secure in getting information back and forth because with email being not secure, and it just shocks me, literally, it shocks me when I hear tax professionals or I even see, and I've seen it posted on Facebook, I see a tax professional say, well, we're accepting documents, you can mail them, you can drop them off, or you can email them to us. That's what shocks me because not only of the security issues with that, but also the potential virus issues. You can, your system, a uh, tax professional system could get infected by some type of virus, not saying that anybody would do that intentionally, but that's why we as a company, we do not accept any tax documents via email because we're protecting 
all of our clients by keeping any potential software problems off of our computers. And we, some I know some clients aren't always happy about it. Some people aren't happy, but you know, it's for the protection of the clients. And if you're going to deal with computers and the internet and all the web-based information that we're using now, you got to have these security pr- uh, protections in place. And thus, we keep these in place, and we're very, very strict with them. And that is for the protection of our clients and, of course, our protection as well as a business. That way, we avoid any type of breaches, or at least I should say, we do our best to avoid any type of breach. And we continuously monitor this process. Also, a tool been utilizing over the last few years that makes it very easy to do do work remotely so people don't even have to come into the office as well as allows me to serve people basically anywhere anywhere in the world that's a U.S. citizen that's looking to file their tax return is that IRS approved e-signatures for uh, like the uh, 8879 uh, for the electronic transmission of your tax return. That is a system I have fully implemented. Now, because those are often requested through email to uh, add security for you as the client, because I'm always thinking security, is there's a uh, knowledge-based assessment that is done. Is that before you even get to the form when we send out the request, you have to be able to answer some, some questions. And then you're allowed to access your form. And that's because... These forms, when we send them out, like the 8879 for a signature, that has your personal information on it, has your social security number on it. So that needs to be secure. And so we send it out looking out for client security because that is always our one of our number one priorities is client security. And speaking of client security, we think about this. A few years ago, I was looking at my – I had almost phased out my uh, – my filing cabinets, I got some four drawer filing cabinets that I've used for a long, long time. And I've been, I thought I was phasing them out. But then some recent information came through and just recent more learning about uh, documentation, safety, and storage of client files and protection of client data. Because there was a time when I, as a business, I used to have a table that I would put completed tax returns on, just kind of lay them out and alphabetical order or whatever for clients to come out. And then additional information came out from the IRS saying, you need to secure your client data better. And I was like, well, I can't do that anymore. So I had on my filing cabinets here, secure the client data. It's not really a technology thing, but it's uh, because I still got some paper, several paper returns that I do is that we secure all client data. I had to actually add locks to these file cabinets because they hadn't had locks since I bought them. But I found a neat little way, cost-effective way to add some security to the filing cabinet. So there's there's a lock on them now. And all client data, any paper client data we have that has any private personal information, completed tax returns, pending tax returns, uh, bank statements uh, for accounting clients, all that information is locked up every single night within these filing cabinets. Or if there's other information that we have, uh, that's locked into the desk drawers of our desks. Or in another uh, cabinet I have that we also lock stuff up on. So it's not just doing 
technical or technology security. We're doing some just good physical security as well as we've used technology, which reduces what we do, but we still got to have some physical security that we use to keep client data safe. In addition, a regular internet security software regularly updated, and that's vitally important that you use good or that your tax professional is using a strong security software on their system. I really believed in this so much this year that I just completely upgraded for the security of my clients. I upgraded to a wonderful service that helps to maintain my computers and provide some excellent uh, security. I upgraded my my network. I upgraded the uh, the router and my Wi-Fi, all of that to increase security so that client client information is completely safe, fully utilizing technology for the protection of clients and for the service of clients, making it easier to do business with us, but yet at the same time, maintaining client security. And then one of the biggest areas that we have is an internal office policy for emails. It's a no-click policy, which what this means is that for the majority of emails that have some sort of attachment, we do not open that email in our email program in Outlook. We do not open it. That email is, or that attachment is set aside, eliminated, whatever, or Especially if it's someone trying to send us some data for a for their tax return, we say, no, we can't accept it that way. What we can do is we can have you send it to our web portal. That way it's, it's completely online. It's not going to be clicking something that's going to load some type of program that we don't want on our program. Not to say we don't trust our clients, but in a way, we don't trust our clients. We just don't want any 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 efforts coming in there. So technology, as we see, has many, many wonderful benefits for you, the client, and that the tax professional like myself needs to utilize these for you, the client, so that you can get your copy of your tax return very easily through a web portal. So you can make a payment very easily on your mobile device or do an e-signature through the forms as well. So that you can get your form signed, uh, whether it be our engagement letter or the authorization to transmit the tax return to the IRS. All of that is very important in using technology wisely. And then, of course, having the security in place. Does your tax professional have the security in place like we have the security in place to protect your data in doing your tax return? We are so, so, just so client-oriented. We want to protect the client at all costs and we constantly take that stand with everyone we do we maintain a standard in the use of our technology and we maintain a standard in our clients is that you have to do it the way that we're going to ask you to do it provide the information that we need and use utilize the tools that we have we don't use outside tools now just one side point also i forgot to mention is that as a business it's also good for uh, a tax professional that text messaging with multimedia messaging, which is a beautiful thing. We just added that in this year. It's worked out real great. So if a client just wants to send you a picture, they can send it through text. So again, have your tax professional. Make sure they're taking advantage. Give me a call sometime, 
4287 or email Marcelino Dodge. You can email me. It's success at cashtracksfinancial.com or visit me at Facebook, which is facebook.com slash cashtracks. I look forward to talking to you again next week at 9 a.m. Pacific. Really appreciate it, and I thank you so much for listening to the Tax Answers Advisor. I am Marcelino Dodge on the Voice America Business Channel. Thank you for listening to the Tax Answers Advisor with host Marcelino Dodge. We'll be back again next Thursday at 12 noon Eastern Time and 9 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. We'll have more to share next week. 